Hi, everyone. Welcome to That Reminds Me Of. You're here with Doc. That's me and Baron. That's me. That's you. <laughs> uh, this episode, we're talking about language lessons directed by Natalie Morales and starring Natalie and Mark Duplass. Duplass. I know him as Duplass, but you could be Duplass if you're being classy. I like it. <laughs> this is the show, folks, where we talk about films that we've just seen and the films that we were reminded of while watching them. There are plenty of spoilers, so if that bothers you, go away and watch the film first. Otherwise, stay with us. Baron von Hoffman, how are you today? I'm great, Doc. Doing really good. Uh, I've had a week off, which is just what I needed. It's just what the doctor off. ordered. So you've been able to get outside and do all the things? Get... Nope. No. <laughs> None of the things. None, None of, of the things. things. I've actually just been relaxing most of the time, which is perfect. That's just what I needed. Yeah. So we're, we're in Melbourne, clearly. We're still in lockdown, um, as a lot of places in Australia. And around the world, are they still in lockdown? Or are they most places just sort of being free and easy now? I... I have no idea what the rest of the world's doing. I stopped. I stopped paying attention a while back. Uh, I, I'm assuming they're all just running around and in, in infecting each other, turning <laughs> each other into more, you know, extreme versions of COVID victims. I have, I have no idea. Well, that's that question about lockdown is a segue because this, I think, the film that we're looking at today is really a lockdown film. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's from LA where I think they are taking things a bit more seriously and, that, and thus you get this scenario that we're, that, that happens in this film. Should we what, jump straight into it or should we talk about like what we've been doing lately? Like I know you've had a few things going on. Yes. Um, well, one of the things that I really needed this week for yeah. uh, was to just sort of not focus on work and spend some time thinking about my feature film Locked In and the fact that we got this development funding to yeah. work on it uh, which meant stage one um, actually happened today. Stage one of our development was that I catch up with the writers who are coming on board and our script consultant and the producer, and we all um, sit in a room. In this case, it was a Zoom call for <laughs> yeah. four hours and figure out the rules of our monster. That was the the mission today. Let's, you know, obviously I've established something already with the previous drafts, but yeah. we wanted to get together with the new writers and say, okay, so... In the next draft, are we? What are we happy with? What do we want to change? And what are you know? What can this monster do? And what can't it do? And it was so much fun. I, I had a blast. That sounds awesome. It sounds so real. Uh, for for those listening or watching at home, when Baron's talking about a monster, I think he's he's his film is a kind of horror horror type film, and there yeah. is a monstrous element. And it sounds like that was trying to work out exactly the boundaries of what that monster is and is capable of and how it appears and all that sort of stuff, yeah? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Most of my films have a monster of some sort in them. <laughs> um, and whether that monster be a like a monster monster or a entity or, a, yeah. you know, any, any variety of a thing that you don't want to be around. That's a good segue. I don't want to segue into all about you, but I will just for now. Because your other monster film, of course, the Australian dinosaur film, that just got announced that it's um in a new festival. Yes, yes. Thanks, Doc. That's right. Um, so Evie, the dinosaur film that I short film that I made and took over a few years and and finished earlier this year or late last year, um, that has uh, 
got into it's got its premiere at uh, Sitges, which is mm. I'm probably mangling the name of this festival, but Sitges <laughs> Sitges is a huge genre festival in Spain. Um, runs over ten days. Happens in October every year, and it's um, just a place to be. You know, if if you love genre horror, the fantastic, all that sort of stuff. I really, really, really wish that I could be there. <laughs> it just would have been the best thing ever. But the film is going to be there and they're going to have an actual in-person festival. They've dedicated themselves to not doing it virtually. So that means there's going to be people in, in, in cinemas, which is delightful. I think that's great. Yeah, wow. It'd just be so nice to be part of it. Yeah, but I guess I guess you are. Your film's in it, so absolutely. The main thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That is right, Doc. And what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been I've been really trying to read. I know that sounds ridiculously simple. I should be trying to write, but I'm actually trying to read first because I haven't carved up en- enough time in my life to think and explore and that sort of stuff. So I've just been making time for that, and I've read some really good bloody stuff lately. What's what's an example? I've, I've gone into the 1940s. And oh wow! I first read Victor Frankl's um, Man's Search for Meaning. I can't remember if we've discussed this book. Uh, it's not familiar. Uh, no. Victor, Victor Frankl was a contemporary of Freud, and he uh, went to the to Auschwitz, um, into the prison camps, and spent years there and was lucky to survive it. But um, prior to going in, he'd written a whole uh, book about his uh, his philosophy. It's called Logotherapy, which is a, a different sort of psychoanalyst type stuff. Uh, and it was destroyed in the in the process of going to the concentration camp. This book, Man's Search for Meaning, is, uh, documents his experience in the concentration camp. And then after he gets out, he basically rewrites the the book that he had intended to um, write initially that was destroyed. Jeez, uh, what an epic story! It's it's full on. But then, just by coincidence, I then read Saul Bellow's The Dangling Man. So Saul Bellow's a Canadian writer, and it just happened to. Uh, look at the the position of a someone in America or in North America at least during the war, who was kind of meant meant to be going to fight, but he was waiting to go, so he was kind of just dangling in this mm. in those forties years during the war and really having trouble to find who he really was. Uh, so to to read both those side by side where you've got someone in a concentration camp looking for meaning <laughs> and then someone on the outside wondering what's going on. It's really cool. Don't you love it when you just randomly come across two things that fit perfectly together and they happen to just land in your lap back to back? It happens so often, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it, we must just make the connections. There must be more connections in life than we realize. All right, there's a little subconscious thing guiding your hand when you pull that book off the um the Maybe. bookshelf. But is, have you been doing like how? Because I know you've been crazy busy at work. How have you been fitting all this in? I took a couple of days off, and I oh perfect. Yeah, I I, I just I just finished those recently. So um the last few days hasn't been those books. I'm I'm now onto the Shakespeare's sonnets and all these oh wow just cool things that I. I've wanted to put time into it for years and I just yes. I took a couple of day, random days off and just sat here and, you know, would read a sonnet and then would read up on it and then I'd go and read, you know, a short story and then read up on it and just immersing myself in different stories and stuff. And I think that's important before you can start to actually get the, 
creativity. Super important. Super important. Mm. Yeah, it's like you're finding inspiration again. You're getting yourself back into the mode. I think getting into the mode is, is, is a huge part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you get out of it, it's so hard to get back in again. That's why once you do get into it, you just have to keep that writing up every day as 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 much as you can just so you don't get out of the mode. So true. I think we've done similar things in our lives. I know I always used to go away for a week or two by myself, like this is in mm. my 20s, and I'd start, I'd get up early, I'd go for a run, I'd read until midday, I'd have a nap, I'd get up, I'd pour a glass of wine, <laughs> I'd, I'd knock off a bottle or two while I'm doing some writing, you know, doing yeah. something creative in the later part of the day. And oh. I, know, I know you've done similar little escapades to get oh. get some work done. It's the best. I wish I could do them more often. It's the best. Getting yeah. that solid, solid time where you actually have nothing else. That's all you're doing, you know, and you can feel your day how you want, but you're there for this one reason of doing the writing or doing the work. It's great. Yeah, so true. Mm. Anyway, we digress. We do. Uh, let's talk about, we talk about lockdown and we'll talk about films made in lockdown. And one of those films is called Language Lessons. And we saw this film as at the end of, I think it was the final night film of Myth 69. Correct. I have one confession that this was all online. We had to have to watch this and it expired at 11.59 at night and I missed the last five minutes. Yeah. Ah, so I had to get the last five minutes, like what, what the ending of the film was from you. So My, my dodgy retelling of it, uh, yeah. <laughs> I did my best of the last five minutes, which was the sort of the real kind of climactic heartfelt moment yeah. of the film i yeah. just sort of bludgeoned it by giving you my crappy two-line version of it but but i think you got it the rest I, of the film set up to this moment you knew exactly what was going to come come so that's good i, I did get it yeah. should we go with the synopsis i looked on imdb yeah. and the synopsis is pretty ordinary there but we can give it a crack <laughs> let's give it a crack it's not going to waste much time to read the synopsis of no, imdb no no uh, shall I or shall you? Uh, I'll let you. It's one sentence. Oh, good. Yes. A Spanish teacher and her student develop an unexpected friendship. <laughs> intrigued? It's so, it's so intrigued, revealing. Doc? I, I am intrigued. <laughs> no mention uh, of the fact that it all happens over Zoom, yeah. that it's during lockdown, that there's high drama on both ends during this during this friendship that, that, that develops. But anyway, mm. we get it. There is high drama. So, like, the, the setup is that you've got this guy, uh, I've forgotten his name, Adam, played by Mark du, Duplass. We're talking, we're calling him, are we? Duplass? Yep, yep, Mark Duplass of the Duplass um, brothers. Correct. And also, I, I know him from Morning Wars. Have you seen Morning Wars? No, I haven't. It's really good. Uh, so, Mark Duplass plays Adam. He's a guy married to this other bloke who is rich um so he's sort of full on his feet a bit and is is just lounging around in this big house with a pool uh and his husband gets him spanish lessons for his birthday i suspect was it birthday yeah i think it was his birthday yep yeah so so it starts with him walking into the room and seeing uh natalie uh her character is carino um, on the screen, ready for his first lesson. Natalie Morales, the director, co-star, 
co-writer. So Mark and Natalie wrote this together. That's that's the setup. And the thing takes place over weeks. Weeks, I'm guessing. I'm at not quite sure about the timeline. At least Maybe, weeks. At least at weeks. Least weeks. Uh, he has $1,000 worth of lessons, which is apparently 100 weeks, which is $10 a lesson, which seems like a, a problem. Um, but that's 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 the deal. Um, and uh, he's, I think he starts off like quite reluctantly doing this. Like he's not really that into the idea. But Natalie, her character, um, and Mark, they, um, they grow a quick friendship. And suddenly it... It's something that he's looking forward to. And then, massive spoiler alert, uh, a spanner is thrown into the works where Mark's husband suddenly dies. Um, and next thing you know, he's he's down and out. And uh, one of the connections that he's made that helps him get through it is this Spanish these Spanish lessons that happen every Monday. Um, and Natalie sort of helps him helps him through it, and they they grow closer and closer until more spanners are thrown into the works. It's really, she's really his uh, lifeline, isn't, isn't she? Uh, I, yeah. I really, really liked, like it, start, it started well, you know, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, this is cool. I really liked how they took a turn really quickly with his husband dying. Uh, mm. You know, we didn't dwell on the setup too much. Uh, we went straight into, okay, here's a crisis and, okay, what's this going to do to you guys? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, in fact, just like the way that this was set up, um, I think there was a little intro from Mark at the beginning of the film where he basically said they were in lockdown. Here's a guy who loves to make indie films and he couldn't do any of it. Nothing, everything was on pause. So um, he called up Natalie and said, hey, do you reckon we can do something via Zoom? Um, and they sat down and started, you know, working on this concept together, um, I think what they came up with is something really, really nice. Like it's just, it's, it's just a really sweet little story um, about two people who are very different connecting over, over Zoom. Um, and surprisingly, even though very little, there's very little that can happen in that setup, unless you're making a, a kind of a crappy horror film, we've had lots of those, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot that happens. Like you get really emotionally invested in these two characters. Yeah. Well, it really is character driven, isn't it? Like it's yeah. the the script is so free flowing. It's almost as if it's ad libbed at times. I wouldn't be surprised or not, but yeah. it felt really natural. And there was nothing particularly great about the script, really. Like if you listen, you know, it's not very deep. <laughs> it's just no. a just a nice relationship that they form and really good character acting i totally agree i don't you know there's nothing that really stands out too much here in fact if this film was done in any other setting i don't think you would really pay much attention to it but the fact that it's done within zoom um the two actors are really engaging and um they draw. They both of them draw you in. Like you want to, you, you kind of like them both. You want to know who they are as people because they're just, uh, I don't know. They're just so engaging. It's it's one of the things. I, and Mark has it in spade. In in spades, like everything Mark Duplass is in, yep. you're really interested to see what he's going to do next. Um, and Natalie's the same. Although I haven't come across her before. Have you? 
No, I hadn't, but I'll be looking her up now. She was great. Mm. Uh, and I thought Ma- Mark Duplass... No, yeah, Mark, yes. Mark, yeah. <laughs> Mark Duplass. Uh, I didn't really like his character to begin with all that much, <laughs> right. um, yeah. which was which was good. And even his performance, I'm thinking, oh, this is a bit over the top sometimes. Uh, but I think it really paid off because you, you saw her as a sensible one, him as the crazy... One and then obviously it shifts throughout the throughout the narrative and to really good effect and you end up seeing them both both vulnerable both supportive. Uh, I normally wouldn't care about these sort of themes to be honest in movies, but in this one they, they kind of did it all right. It's definitely a movie of the times, right? I mean, I I think if it came out any other time, you probably would say, well, that's a nice film, but you know, I'm not going to really rave about such a thing um yeah you might not even stick with it like if it was just on a streaming platform uh dare you know dare i say you might just sort of go well what's this what's this bringing to the table but right now in this environment it's it was just a really nice fresh take on what this whole zoom thing is you know i think feel good movies and i'd call this one even though there was some there was some trauma in it but I'm told the ending was quite warm, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, but there's a few few films and TV shows at the moment that are that are really you know taking that feel good vibe rather than you know yeah. the tragedy and melancholy and everything that we usually love so much. I'm thinking things shows like Ted Lasso on on Apple TV. And Schmigadoon. I was thinking exactly on, the same thing. TV as well. Schmigadoon's on my list. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm most of the way through season two of Ted Lasso, mm. which I have to ask you, right? Season two, uh, we're, we're taking a little bit of a diversion here, but yep. season two of Ted Lasso, the tone has shifted from season one. Season yeah. one was always like the most charming show you've ever seen. Ted Lasso's just wonderful. Um, the the characters wonderful. It was so charming. Um, you just watched every show, every episode with a grin on your face. I'm finding season two a little bit harder to watch, and I think it's because they've taken that charm and they've kind of pushed it a little too mm. far. I think I'm trying to figure out what it is, but the tone has shifted. I'm still enjoying it, but yeah. just not the, in not the same way. I don't feel like they've pushed it too far. I think they're still going great and I think the writing has got is at least as good uh, but I agree this tone has shifted definitely it feels like the difference between setting up a fresh new world that you're going along and discovering things about characters you know which was season one that's this mm. whole new smorgasbord of characters and themes and tones now they've kind of set that up and it's it feels like Seinfeld a bit where you've got existing characters to play with uh, everyone knows them so well and you're putting them into different situations and seeing you know yes. what, what they'll do uh which yep. is which is fun because the pre-work you've sort of you've done all the pre-work so you know all these people so you don't have to work as hard you could be right like once you take ted La- like once you take that setup of taking a british uh, an, an american football coach into the uk Mm. Um, and you've got the whole fish out of water scenario. Once that that's sort of finished, and we just come into season two, and he's been he's he's now sort of been there for a little while. 
what what do they do with this guy? Maybe yeah. that's sort of part of the shift. Um, and instead, they've instead of that, they've looked for other fun scenarios that they can play with within this setup. Yeah. But for me, it's for me um, something that was in the first season has been lost, and maybe it's just that wonderful concept, you know, of the American coach in the UK. But it does remind me of this film a lot. Um, it has that same charm, and there's that same kind of oh, people are good. You know, yeah, that's right, what it aren't is. they? People are good <laughs> deep down, <laughs> even if they're being at you know a bit of an asshat at times. Deep down, they're good. Nietzsche wrote, um, what, what was it called? The Birth of Tragedy, and it talks about the history of tragedy versus comedy, mm. and that you know, in in happy times, the art that we make tends to be tragic, and in you know bad times, it tends to be comic or you know or feel good. So I think that's what's happening here. Like we're we're doing it so tough that our art needs to uplift. Beautiful. Did you ever see the the story behind Everybody Loves Raymond? Um, no. When they tried to bring it to Russia, so basically that that show not only did it get the the American version get sort of syndicated around the world, but the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond started doing kind of like what they did with The Office, where you have the American version. Yeah, yeah. Well. They got picked up for the Russian version, and um, the Russians just would could not understand the concept of like, no, these are every everyday people. Like, they shouldn't be wearing fur coats, and they they shouldn't have the best car in town. And they were like, but why? That's why would we want to watch everyday people? Like, yeah, we want to watch exactly. people that are, <laughs> you know, we want to watch people that are doing great and successful. And you know, it's it's kind of a similar thing. It is, it is similar. And uh, we mentioned Smigadoon, which you haven't seen yet, uh, but that is essentially a musical. It's a series uh, done by the creators of Saturday Night Live uh, and essentially a musical. I hate musicals and I always have, but this kind I've of I've heard filled, you say that many times. It, this filled me with joy. <laughs> it really did. And it's a musical and maybe it's because of the times. Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe have you uh, yeah. have you Sorry. queued up uh, Hamilton and and uh, you know you're going to work your way through? No, I'm the, not, they're not at the from top there? of the list still. But, <laughs> okay. But what about Les Mis? What about Les Mis? Do you like Les Mis? I haven't seen Les Mis, but I'm about to embark on reading it. I bought oh. it the, bought it the other day. It's, it's a big thick one. Victor wow. Hugo. So I'll I'll definitely watch Les Mis once I've read it. Do the do the book do the book first. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Jeez, uh, we've dive, dive yeah we have verted off the path. Uh, yes, we but have. I think that I don't feel there's all that much to talk about with this film. Like, was there any any standout scenes or anything that you just want to, you know, express emotion about before we get on to what it reminded us of? Uh, no, not 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 particularly. <laughs> um, I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to think if there was anything in particular in there. I mean, there's lots of lovely moments. Yeah, but. <laughs> No, not really. How about how, how about you, Doc? <laughs> no, and there's nothing really to say about the cinematography we're, or the. Editing we're not selling it, are we? Or any? No. Well, that's it's. Uh, and another confession: I watched it on my mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this is a film you can do that with. Absolutely, yeah. it does not matter. Um, <laughs> there is no cinematic value to this whatsoever. It's it's all about the character work, um, and in fact. 
if it if it exists on your phone and you that's how you do Zoom meetings, then that's probably how you yeah. should watch it. So yeah, on my phone, missed the last five minutes. Nothing cinematic about it, uh, and yet I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yes, and I think in terms of festival films, a absolute crowd pleaser. Like this, there's there's no festival that you go you, you're ever going to go to where a film like this plays and you, you're not going to find the, the crowd sort of pretty stoked about the experience at the end it's yeah i agree it, it ticks all the boxes so what did it remind you of anything or have we well have we dealt with that through all the other diversions yeah, in this episode mostly um I, I i think the main thing was i haven't seen a lot of zoom films or films yeah. that have come out of lockdown yet um i've sort of avoided them i think and i know there's been a host of uh horror films i just thought it was very well executed i think if that's your if those are the boundaries that you're working within um that you've got two people and this has to all play out on zoom uh they they did a great job of finding a a solution within those boundaries that was actually quite nice to watch boundaries are some of the best things uh to get you your creative brain going aren't they uh, yeah. If, if suddenly you say you can only you've only got this to work with, then your mind starts exploding, and it feels like that's what they've done. Absolutely. One of the funniest moments for me um, was when we were I was watching the credits roll, mm. and they had a they had someone. Um, you just showing off the fact that you got to the credits. Yes. Yes. I just want to let you know that the best moment was in the credits <laughs> that you missed. <laughs> no worries. Um, they're. Watching the credits roll, there's a credit for a VFX supervisor or something. And I was like, VFX? What VFX? <laughs> to make the little Zoom um, boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And to to make it, the Zoom. Let it swipe on, on across the screen. The occasional lag of internet connection. They, the, those were actually, actually was all VFX because they had perfect internet the whole time. So they had yeah. to do that. Jeez, we should credit post. someone for VFX for our Zoom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Before I mention um, what it reminded me of, I'll just just say one one choice I liked was the the choice to make the Adam character gay. I thought that just took away all the sexual tension that would normally exist in that type of relationship, or you'd be thinking it maybe it exists. That allowed the the just the human relationship between the two to really uh, come to the fore without all that sexual crap mm. that often rears its head although and you yet, do you do at times think oh are they going to get together um but that was my and yet because yeah. that because even as you say that is a very like i think a really important choice that they that, that, mm. that they did that otherwise the whole way through you'd be thinking ah oh, when are these two guys going to get together um but even still, like you're saying, there are moments where you're like, wait a second, are they hitting on each other right now? You know, it's you can't help it. You can't help it. So it was interesting. Um, and they and he does sort of he does sort of admit that you know he had a he was married to a woman in the past and it didn't go well because um, he didn't realize that you know he hadn't really admitted to himself yet that he was gay. Yeah. Um, and it gives you that little bit of doubt. You're like, wait, he was married before, and look at these two now, and <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It, it's it was, actually a bit of fun tension. Yeah, it was great. It was great that you had that tension to to wonder if he's going to turn for her. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was also great that then he he didn't, and it ended up being mm. just a really nice platonic thing. I think that tension 
in a way and the tension of having a relationship over zoom through through this weird thing that we're doing here is just such a such a perfect thing to explore in these times right now because we're all dealing with it um and it is subtle that we're sort of pretending that we're connecting with humans through (laughs) zoom and that it's all okay and in fact it's not all okay um because it isn't the same thing you know so there's there's something there's something in this film i think that speaks to that which is good yeah and i guess it'll speak to it in 50 years time won't it Mm. we're looking back at the art made during during lockdowns I thought, I thought you were going to say when, when we're all artificial intelligences and uh, we don't have physical connections anymore or, or something awful like that. <laughs> well, we, I think in 50 years we should be at least kind of half cyborg, shouldn't we? If Probably. Elon Musk has his way. Yeah, yeah. Or um, something like that Bruce Willis film where they are, uh, is it surrogates where they all just sit in their living room getting fat and they've got their perfect, <laughs> um, beautiful Adonis version of themselves out there in the world. Um, but they're just machines, so that if something seen happens, haven't no, seen okay. that. Don't worry about it. You don't need to see it. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a couple of reminds me. Uh, oh, great, great. Yes. Uh, one. Is... Someone did their homework. No, not really. Uh, one, one, one was obvious to me, uh, and I think I think maybe it's been obvious af- afterwards because I think I've seen this since I watched language language lessons. But it's a Netflix special by Bo Burnham. Have you heard of him? He's a comedian. And yeah, name's really familiar, but he's done no. a special called Inside, and it typifies the lockdown era. So it's a feature-length feature set and performed in one room in his house. I think he he only has like seems like a studio apartment or something, and he is performing songs, doing jokes. It the tone goes from brightest to melancholy and it's just really really of the time and really special because he he does everything he edits he shoots he does wow. the f uh, video effects he plays the <laughs> instruments he does the singing he wrote it all it's it's an amazing 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 thing to watch wow okay i haven't heard about it you said netflix it's a netflix special netflix called inside and Thematically, it's nothing to do with language lessons, but it just reminds me of what people and artists can do, you know, given some constraints. And this is just an absolute ripper. I love it. I just wrote it down on a piece of paper. I'm going to watch it later. How often do you write things on a piece of paper? I do this all the time, like in meetings and stuff. Someone mentions something and then, oh, yeah, I'll write that down. I I I never look at it again. No, I know that's going in the bin later. I'm not watching that ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're likely um, to watch it, I do, but I don't think you're going to look at the piece of paper again. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what, though? The act of writing it down helps. It yeah, just it helps. Um, I have a, a board here filled with pieces of paper. So I'll take that piece of paper and then pin it on the board and <laughs> then and then never look at the piece of paper still until like six months later. So but you're right. that's my process. The fact of writing it and then the fact of pinning it, that's, yeah. that's two actions that have put something in your memory about it. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but actually, I'm down for a comedy special. I haven't had one. I haven't actually just enjoyed some, some comedy for a while. So let's do it. Yeah, this is, this is a ripper. One-man show. 
and I'm still singing the songs in my in my head every day. That's awesome. Um, there's one one song about Jeffrey Bezos, so I've got Jeffrey Bezos going in my head. Anyway, I love it. Um, what was your other reminds me? You had, you had uh, another reference. Another quickie. I might have mentioned this one when we when we spoke about Rope a long, long time ago, and the movie is Lock, starring Tom Hardy, directed yes. by Stephen Knight. In the car. In the car. So the point yep. being, the whole thing is set with him in the car, with one one location and him on the phone uh, mm. to several people. So I think that it's quite similar, really. Like this is just all telecommunications, and as was that, and all rests on the performance and the character. Yeah, which similar, which is throwing me, which has just brought up another one, um, which is probably a terrible. <laughs> reference for this but your reference has made me think of the ryan reynolds film buried where he's stuck in the coffin with a mobile phone <laughs> okay i haven't I and the coffin's just ah oh, it's just a nightmarish film the whole thing takes place in this like tiny little box i think he's a contractor in the somewhere in the middle east whether it's afghanistan or someplace like that and he gets kidnapped and put in a box with a phone and dropped some and buried somewhere. Wow. And uh, the whole time he's on the phone, he's, he's talking to people who are trying to figure out where he is. Um, and he's obviously running out of time, like running out of charge on his phone, running out of oxygen, all of that. It all takes place within a coffin. That feels like the last uh, couple of years, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Geez, you could, we could go on forever here. Actually. You think about you, one of your favorites, old boy. You know, locked, oh, yeah. in the, locked in the room or room. The hotel room. Yeah. Room with, um, who's in that again? Captain Marvel? Yeah, Captain Marvel. It just gets darker. <laughs> Captain Marvel <laughs> just gets darker and darker, doesn't it? Um, Parasite. <laughs> locked in the room where we, I think we're going down a rabbit hole that we probably don't need to. And no. we've probably done lang- language lessons to death. Yep. I think so. <laughs> I think so, but it was fun. It was fun to see, fun to talk about, um, yeah. and good to catch up again, Doc, on the latest. Yeah, I think that was just more a good catch-up session, Baron. I, I agree. I <laughs> so agree. I look forward to the next one. Uh, I'm not sure what we're talking about, but we'll find something. Sounds good. We sure will. All right. Cheers, Doc. Till next time. See ya.